0: Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today.
1: You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to the Tsai Seneca Business Brief brought to you by SUP China. Each week, we bring you a roundup. World of Business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. Forget your favorite soap opera. Over the past week, China's business scene has been offering up far more dramatic plot twists. A short video giant has retained its title as the world's most downloaded non-gaming app, even though it's facing ever more hostility from foreign governments. A leaked Pentagon report says that products by one particular Chinese company actually do not pose any security threat, and health authorities in southern China are racing to contain a resurgence in COVID cases. If you're looking for a place to keep up with all the top stories from the world's second largest economy, you've come to the right podcast. Here's what's been going down in the past seven days. And Speaking of dramatic twists and turns, one story that set China's social media alight is the announcement of the new three-child policy. On the eve of International Children's Day, China said it would adjust its family planning policy to allow all couples to have up to three children. According to the official Xinhua News Agency, the sudden decision is part of an effort to contain demographic challenges and improve China's demographic structure. As a reminder, roughly five years ago, the one-child policy was loosened to permit all families to have two children. Despite the move, the country's birth rate has continued to sink. Many social media users have called the three-child policy a burden rather than a blessing. It appears that the high costs of raising a child have put many off having more than one kid, especially in big Chinese cities. Also, after almost 40 years of most couples having just one child, for many a three-person nuclear family is now the norm. And in big international business news, China's top drone manufacturer may be off the hook with Washington. A Pentagon investigation showed that it is safe to use two drone models made by DJI. Citing a leaked Pentagon report, the US outlet The Hill reported that two DJI drones were found to have no malicious code or intent and were recommended for use by government entities and forces working with U.S. services. The investigation came in response to U.S. concerns that the DJI drone's data could be transmitted back to China and accessed by the Chinese government. The Hill added that two drones had been used by the U.S. Department of the Interior, but the department temporarily grounded its fleet of more than 500 DJI drones in January 2020, over cybersecurity concerns, with some exceptions for emergency use. Tsai Shin has not seen the Pentagon report. And speaking of companies with tense relations with the U.S., there's been some big news on TikTok. The ByteDance-owned short video platform has retained its crown as the world's most downloaded app that isn't a game in May. However, growing backlash in some of its overseas markets continues to raise questions on whether the app can hold on to its crown. Last month, TikTok amassed more than 80 million downloads worldwide, representing a dramatic drop from the same period of last year when the app was downloaded more than 112 million times globally. That's according to a report by research firm Sensor Tower. About 16% of the new downloads came from Brazil, making the Latin American country the app's biggest download contributor for the month, followed by China, where the app goes by the name Douyin, with 12%. And there's news on another tech giant and its ambitions to go global. Tencent's cloud computing arm has added four new internet data centers in Bangkok, Frankfurt, Tokyo, and Hong Kong as part of ongoing efforts to widen the use of its cloud services around the world. According to Tencent Cloud's statement, the data centers are built in accordance with the so-called Tier 3 standard and are located in the city's network hubs with connectivity to major local and international network operators. Tencent Cloud has been accelerating its global expansion to grab a slice of the public cloud services market. In March, the company announced plans to launch an internet data center in Bahrain this year, its first public cloud infrastructure in the Middle East and North Africa region. Moving on to the latest on finance, Chinese investors are borrowing money to buy stocks at a fast pace these days. The trend has helped to fuel a rally in the A-share market in the past month but there's a significant amount of betting that some stocks will fall. As of June 1st, the outstanding balance of margin financing and securities lending on the Shanghai and Shenzhen stock exchanges rose to 1.73 trillion yuan, or just over $270 billion. That marks the highest level since July 2015. It's been a rough week for health authorities in southern China as they continue to battle a coronavirus outbreak. Guangzhou has imposed travel restrictions and stepped up mass coronavirus testing as the giant metropolis battles a dangerous variant of COVID-19 in one of the most alarming flare-ups in China since last summer. The Industrial and Trade Hub, which is the capital of China's Guangdong province and the home to almost 19 million permanent residents, reported 64 new asymptomatic infections in two weeks since May 21st, plus 13 asymptomatic cases. As of late last month, the city administered more than 13 million COVID-19 shots. While stepping up virus testing, Guangzhou also imposed a quasi-lockdown to restrict people leaving the city. All people leaving the city now need to take a virus test before their departure. Meanwhile, residents of 37 residential compounds where infections appeared were told to stay home, affecting 180,000 people. Also having a pretty tough week are several Chinese tutoring companies. The country's market regulator has fined 11 such businesses over 30 million yuan, or nearly $5 million, for false advertising and pricing fraud. New York-listed New Oriental Education and Technology Group and TAL Education Group, as well as Hong Kong-listed Scholar Education Group, were among the companies penalized. The crackdown mainly targeted big cities including Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, and Hangzhou. The news comes as authorities tighten the screws on the country's after-school training industry. Since the beginning of this year, China vowed to tighten scrutiny of after-school tutoring institutions and punish illegal training activities. The market regulator also said it will next implement rules to further ease the schoolwork burden on students, continue to strengthen supervision of the after-school tutoring market, and rigorously investigate and punish violations. Let's turn now to Tang Zi, financial news reporter for Caixin Global, for an in-depth look at one of the week's big stories. Zi, welcome back.
0: Hello, Kaiser. Thanks for having me.
1: So, Zi, a big story in the global economy is how the Chinese yuan, or renminbi, has soared to a record high against the U.S. dollar. Can you explain what's been happening?
0: Yes, so as you said, the Chinese yuan has been strengthened since the end of March, and it recently hit the strongest level in three years. So uh, the trend has been driven by different factors. First, uh, there's been greater demand for the yuan amid growing confidence in the Chinese economy and the economic outlook. This situation has therefore been attracting strong funds' inflows from international investors. And furthermore, um, many say that the yuan's appreciation has mainly been driven by the weakening dollar. So um, this seems to be reflected by the dollar index, which measures the value of the dollar against a a basket of six major currencies. So the dollar index have been on the slide since March 2020, although there have been uh, brief bouts of strengthening. So, analysts expect that the yuan is unlikely to reverse course as long as the U.S. currency softening continues. And many have said that the dollar is likely to remain weak, as the upside for growth in the U.S. economy is limited, with the country's vaccination efforts and the early phase of the post-pandemic economic recovery coming to an end.
1: See, the story's been getting a lot of attention, but maybe you could give us a sense of why it's such a big deal and what its impact is likely to be.
0: Well, the U.S. appreciation could be a double-edged sword, So on the one hand, a strengthening yuan can somewhat ease the pressure from imported inflation to China, which is being driven by surging commodity prices. But on the other hand, the surge of the yuan would reduce the price competitiveness of China's exports and dampen the profitability of exporters. So that's a bad thing because overseas demand may have already reached a peak and it's going to fall back, which will exert great pressure on Chinese exporters.
1: And so far, have China's regulators and central bank reacted to the yuan's rise?
0: So uh, Beijing's policy is that it wants to keep the yuan's exchange rate basically stable and It has already taken action to rein the surging yuan. A central bank official said that the recent yuan appreciation may have been overshot and is not sustainable. Uh, After that, the central bank last week urged banks to increase the ratio of their foreign exchange deposit by two percentage points. So this is... first time in over a decade that the central bank has uh, called for such action. But uh, having said that some analysts have raised doubts that about how effective such a policy is, these uh, experts seem to believe that the yuan is still attractive to foreign capitals because of uh, China's solid economic fundamentals and the yuan's large interest rate premiums.
1: Well, we'll check back in with you to see what happens. Meanwhile, great to have you back on the program. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Andini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Hear stories from Caixin Global, Sup China, Sixth Tone, and many other China-focused outlets on the new China Stories podcast. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to Sup China Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.